Dutchkin goes through it again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? And welcome to 2022 and another episode of the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. I'm Billy, and with me, as always, is since Ralph Ranjik took over at United, my second favourite German, it's Lewis. Well, that's just a bit of a slap in the face, really, isn't it? I'm sorry, Come but on. you coach my football team and you can have the number one spot back. Yeah, okay, well, keep an eye out for uh, 2040 when I take over at Manchester United on the bench. Just so you know. You heard it here first. Anyways, we are back from our almost month-long hibernation, really. This is mainly being due to two people working full-time jobs and technical difficulties and Christmas break and everything in between. But we are back for you guys. We will be back in full force 2022. So keep your eyes out now for a weekly update from us. And for the topics this week, we will be looking at, again, COVID and football in general specifically COVID in the Premier League as well as the Bundesliga. We've had a couple of teams get hit rather hard with COVID. Next, we'll look, have a look at Aston Villa's business and how they have been getting some solid signings in, or are they just all smoke and not actual fire? Then we'll have a look at Zakaria and Gladbach's dilemma with trying to replace their main starting 11 spots next season. It's not only Zakaria who's in for a move, it's also Matthias Ginter. And we'll have a look at what's wrong with Profil Wolfsburg. How have they fallen so far from the expectations ahead of this season? All that and more coming right up. Should we start with COVID? Because, you know, it's kind of a, an, ever, an everlasting topic, not just in football, but, you know, in general. Yeah, and we'll get it out of the way quickly. You know, last week... Bayern come back from the Christmas break, and first the first the news making the rounds is Manuel Neuer contracted COVID while on the Maldives over Christmas break. Then Lucas Hernandez contracted COVID also on the Maldives. Then Upamecano tests positive. Then Leroy Sané tests positive, and 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 at the end of the day, it was Bayern sitting there, come about Wednesday of last week, saying. We got nine positives in our first team squad. And of that, seven are first team or starting 11 players. Just a tad bit worrying, you know, ahead of your first match back. Also against a team that historically have had, have taken off the most points in the Bundesliga off Bayern in the last 10 years. Yeah, but even going into that, Gladbach's form would have given you some, I don't know, not a confidence, but a reason not to be as terrified had you been playing Leipzig or or Dortmund, or anyone like that. I'd argue that Leipzig aren't as terrifying this season either. Well, this is also true. Gladbach are a weird one. They'll play really well one minute and then collapse and implode the next. No, they'll play really well against Bayern, and then they'll collapse and implode against every other Bundesliga team out there. I can't wait for them to lose at the weekend. It would it's going to happen, isn't it? Because it would, it would just cement that they only turn up against Bayern. Th- that's the thing as well. How many points do you think they've taken off of Bayern in the last 10 years? Is it like 20-something? 28. It was ahead of this weekend. Now it's 31. 
But they played really well, though. I can't, I can't work out whether that's... Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's difficult. That's why we're having this conversation, because I can't work out whether it's Gladbach played really well or Marcel Sabitzer at left-back. You're never really going to have much of a, of a fun time. Well, Marcel Sabitzer anywhere on the pitch right now isn't doing Bayern much good, even when he plays at his preferred CDM position. You know, it's, he hasn't really turned up this season. And I mean, given for 15 million, you could probably get worse players, but still, you know, he could probably do better, but that's not the deal. You saw how Gladbach scored their first goal. That was unbelievably shitty defending, for lack of a better word. They just kind of, it was the worst cross on this planet. Zuda kind of, flicks toe at it and so it only deflects back into the box where it falls perfectly to um to Florian Neuhaus and he slots at home like Gladbach shouldn't have been anywhere near scoring with the ball that they played in but somehow still managed to get a goal and the I'd second argue, goal was just as bad I was gonna say I'd argue the second goal was actually worse because I, Except I he's hate, defending yeah I hate zonal marking anyway I think yeah. you pick a man and you defend the man, you don't defend the space. But it was just so poor. Oh, unbelievably poor. And I mean, we'll completely discard the fact that Lewandowski hits the woodwork a couple of times uh, and Müller has a couple of chances. Everyone, everyone should have, should have gone at the end of that match. Gladbach were lucky to come away with the win because at the end of the day, Bayern just didn't take their opportunities for like the 15,000th time. I don't know how often I've said, you know, Bayern have lost the match because they didn't take their opportunities, not because the other team was better. That's exactly it, though. Every time Bayern have lost or dropped points, it's not through, other than the 5 0 in the DFB Cup against Gladbach. It's not for being bad, it's for being yeah, wasteful. Exactly. I don't. It's, yeah, it's, it's annoying. And at the end of the day, nine first team players out or not, they still fielded a team with Gnabry, Lewandowski, Müller, Kimmich, Zule, Pavard. You know, they're, they're not all 16-year-olds like Paul Ivana, who came on and broke Bayern's internal record for being the youngest Bayern player to ever be substituted on in a Bundesliga game for him. But that's, that's my point. You, have, you had a thousand Bundesliga matches experience in the starting 11 that match. You shouldn't be losing it. Well, you had no Bundesliga appearances on the bench. Exactly, but, but then... then but the, the starting 11 the was... Pitch. Yeah, the starting 11 was still good enough. I think Joshua Kimmich looked really bad. But then again, having COVID-damaged lungs will do that to a man. Well, I, I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's the COVID-damaged lungs because, I mean, he's obviously been given the go by, by the team doctors and everything. But I think it's more the fact that, you don't, you know, he just hasn't played in almost 50 days. Yeah, and it was, great. It, Kimmich, uh, and Kimmich wasn't completely faultless in, I think it was the second goal. No, it was the first goal. He wasn't completely faultless in the first goal either. And so it, it, it was kind of like an eh. So before... But, before we talk Liverpool, um, another player came on, and I know you really aren't a fan of his uncle. The, well, the nephew of Hassan, Sally Hamanzic came on. Yeah, I mean, Sally Hamanzic, he, if he, if he, like, he's slowly gotten, he's slowly gotten a couple of good players in. You know, he, 
I think the the peak of my intense dislike of him came when he thought Bonassar was worth a four year contract. Yeah, that, I mean that that'll do it. <laughs> just a bit. No, it, it was just it was that was the height. I mean, he since he's he's gotten a couple of couple of decent players in at least. Um, so I, I'd say he's he's slowly slowly adapting. But yeah, no, I'm still not a fan of his. But yeah, and at the end of the day, it's cool for those young players to make a debut that early. And it also shows that Bayern's youth academy aren't all bad. And they might actually have some talented players that they can bring up through um, through the reserves and into the first team. Because, I mean, if we're being honest, David Alaba, probably the last one who's actually made it from Bayern's youth academy. So it's been a while. Yeah, I was going to say, because Joshua Kimmich was uh, Stuttgart, so was Serge Gnabry. But for every Paul Vanner, there's a Mikel Cuisance who did leave. So that's that's always good news. Uh, I love that. They finally, finally got rid of him. Finally. Even got money for him. That's the crazy part. And now we can go and be an arsehole in Venezia. So Yeah, it's nice. But it wasn't only Bayern who were rocked by COVID. You had Leipzig out with five uh, COVID cases in their team. Then Stuttgart, Hertha, they had four. Um, there were also Freiburg all of a sudden had three um, positive tests on the Friday of last week. Um, Wolfsburg had three and then Frankfurt and, Frankfurt and Köln, no, Frankfurt and Union and Dortmund uh, all had two. So there was a lot of, a lot of COVID cases in the Bundesliga. So, and you know, Bayern probably got hit the worst with nine, but at the end of the day, it's it's really ramping up. I don't think I've ever seen the Bundesliga have that many cases in one match day. But yet no postponements, whereas you look at the Premier League. Yeah, okay, but the Premier League, you have to look at the fact that from the 20th of December to the 2nd of January, you had over 200 positive cases across the league. You compare by comparison, the Bundesliga with a you know forty-one cases in one on one match day is a drop in the bucket. This is true, but there's also been a lot of controversy. Dare I use that word about Liverpool's because they had Ooh. they had I think it was five false positives. That's a lot. Of, like I think I mean, put it this way: it's warranted that the league looks at that and goes, hmm. Are they really, really all positive? And are they really playing by the rules here? And are those really just false positives? Or may there be a little bit more behind the curtain? I'd say there's probably some sort of injury that's gone on because someone did the maths and to have five false positives in such a, like in like one batch or something like that, however they did it, you've got more chance of winning the Euro millions than you do of having that many false positives in one go. Jesus Christ. And because they, they postponed the EFL Carabao Cup game against the first leg against Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. And they've now got to play it this week. Um, I think they just scrapped the, the leg. I'm not 100%. I think they just scrapped one. I think it's just one leg. And no one can understand why. Because you think people like Leicester. So the, the rule is, as long as you've got 14 first-team players, including a goalkeeper, your game won't be postponed, which is why Chelsea's game against Wolves that they drew 0-0, which is why that wasn't postponed, because they had enough players that counted as first-team. 
Yeah, same thing in, in the Bundesliga as well, because Bayern, they, they counted officially 15 players, including a goalkeeper that, you know, actually had um, or that were actually fit to play. But the thing is, at least in Germany, if you have 15 first team players that are fit, players that are also that also count as fit are players with sports related injuries. So the only reason you can get discounted from that pool of players is if you are actually out with COVID. If you tore your ACL, you still count as an eligible player in that regard, which is completely stupid. I mean, Leon Goretzka had a knee injury and still counted towards the 15, 15 uh, in the squad, which is why the match went ahead. Just think about that for a second. I, I can't I, I can understand why they've done that because it leads to less postponements but then you're also yeah betting... but that still doesn't explain the fact that still doesn't change the fact that you know you don't have enough eligible players then yeah no I'm not, I'm not saying that because they would have to postpone a lot of games if they went oh yeah look we've got all these young players that can play they just haven't got any first team experience, so they don't they don't class as first team players. And the uh, the Premier League said it this week or the week just gone. Sorry, any young player that was given a debut in the FA Cup by any Premier League team this weekend just gone. They wouldn't count towards eligible first team players to prevent a situation where you have people going, oh yeah, look, we we don't want to postpone. We have a fit number of players, and then you go and field a team of under 23s yeah that's i mean that's the thing bayern have to like in germany you have to show that these players have first team eligibility so they basically have to do a a um emergency nomination of those of a specific amount of players and that's the only reason that you know you had bayern had two 16 year olds on the bench but that's still like if if you go if you go to the to the dfa and then they say yeah um you want to nominate how many players? Oh, yeah, we'd like to nominate 11, 16-year-olds from our under-19s. They'll go, no. That's not on. That's the Because the ruling in Germany is that you have to have players who have first-team eligibility slash a professional contract, which discounts or disqualifies a lot of the – basically every youth player. And you have only the reserves who are actually getting contracts of that nature. But the problem with the reserves was the reserves have been on a winter break since the beginning of December and haven't even gone to a training uh, training camp yet. So they weren't eligible at all because they were coming. They were they weren't even anywhere near match fit. It's all a bit weird and up in the air. Yeah, uh, it's crazy to say the least. Well, shall we leave that? Let's move over to the Premier League quickly and we'll talk about. Aston Villa and Newcastle's transfer business. Okay, Aston Villa getting Coutinho. Smoke or fire? Okay, so here's, here's the thing. So if you'd said that to me four years ago when he moved to Barca, oh, in four years, after a reasonably okay loan spell at Barca, Bayern Munich, where he scored two goals against Barcelona in a <laughs> in an eight two win, he will then go to Aston Villa. At that point, when he was that good, I probably would have told you where to go. <laughs> but now I can. It's not 
ridiculous because he's been wanting for a way out of there almost since the moment he got there. Yeah, I mean, he realized that when he got to Barcelona that it's not all it's hyped up to be. All of a sudden, he became an average player versus where at uh, Liverpool at the time, he was the star, more or less. Well, did you see what Jurgen Klopp said? This was like three or three and a half years ago now. They were like, oh, you know, is there anything you did to or could have done to convince Coutinho to stay? And he said, look, if you go to Barcelona, you will just be another player at Barcelona. If you stay here, when you leave and when you retire, they will build a statue of you, which I think is probably not far off because he was up there. I think for Liverpool fans, he was up there with Luis Suarez with how good he was for them. Oh, yeah. Think about it this way. If Coutinho had never left, I don't think Salah would ever become what he is now. So you think it's sort of like a butterfly effect if they keep... Well, if they if they didn't sell Coutinho, they wouldn't have bought Van Dijk in the January as well. Exactly. I think without Coutinho leaving, Liverpool may or may not have even, or might not have even won a Champions League title, let alone the Premier League title. Well, so you because... think it would, have, it would have just been a uh, a good to very good player in a a, more, a less than average team. Yeah, because they, think about who they who Liverpool had at the time when Coutinho was magical for them, for lack of a better word. What, Joe Allen and Mario Balotelli? There you go. Wee Joe, Brendan Rodgers' favourite player. And uh, Daniel Sturridge, who was injured by a gust of wind. Yeah, but I will not hear any slander towards Daniel Sturridge. He was genuinely a very good striker. Just had, you know... Oh, he genuinely was. Just like Ishmael Dembele is genuinely a very good winger, but the guy has got a glass body. I mean, a gust of wind injures those two. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one because I think the Steven Gerrard link is is definitely the main reason, I think. Yeah, and because Coutinho, Coutinho definitely wanted back into the Prem. He didn't want into the Bundesliga because, let's face it, in the Bundesliga, he's played at Bayern... Anything else would one be a step down and two? I don't think he would start for a for a Borussia Dortmund or an Air, maybe for RB Leipzig. But even there, you've got you know with Nkuku and Soboslaw and and players like that, you've got genuinely good players who I'd even go as far as to say are better than him at this point. Yeah, at, at this moment in time, I think there's definitely still a very good player in there because you know I've got flashbacks of cutting in on his right and whipping them in from about 30 yards. Yeah. That free kick against Arsenal was... I think they beat them 4-0 or something on the opening day of a Premier League season. The, the season he left. And him, Daniel Sturridge, Salah... Oh, it might be Mane, actually. But, that's you know, they completely tore them apart. And I think... I'm not 100% on the formation that Aston Villa play, but he's either going to play instead of Emi Buendia or they drop one of the strikers and play both of them? Depends, but I mean, we both know that Coutinho's preferred pres- preferred position is centre attacking mid. Yeah, he wants to be that number 10. He wants to be involved, which is where, let me have a look and see what position, what formation they played against United in the FA Cup on Monday. So I think that, I think Emi Buendia was at 10 for that. Dare I say that? No, he wasn't. He was at left wing. So they don't really play with a 10. They play with a flat. They played with a flat three. 
which was one looked like one six and two eights. So maybe instead of Jacob Ramsey, because John McGinn think, and Douglas Louise can probably do the defensive work. In all honesty, Coutinho is now getting older as well. And we've seen it with um, a lot of players, you know, who used to be wingers and they kind of move towards the center where they don't have to run as much because the speed starts to, you know, for lack of a better word, decrease. I'd say that Coutinho probably, I mean, he always wanted to be a center attacking mid, but he could play on the wings. I think now he's definitely not made for the wings. So if there's any position for him, it's probably in the middle. Maybe he can, he'll be, he'd be happy sharing the midfield, but I think in an ideal world, he's the alone, he's the lone center attacking mid behind the striker. Or even if it's the lone attacking mid behind striker and wingers, I think he'll definitely thrive being able to pick up the ball because Douglas Louise and John McGinn are very capable passers of the ball anyway. Yeah. They, they can feed it to him and he can dictate play. I'm really already emotionally and, you know, mentally preparing myself for a Coutinho winner on Saturday evening. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out how that went down. Jesus Christ. A- another player that they've agreed terms with is Luca Dean from Everton, which again is a weird one because it happened in that time where everyone was like, oh, Everton are, are going to buy all these great players. They're going to be challenging for Europe. And that lasted Ancel- about four matches at the start of last season. Well, Carlo Ancelotti sort of jumped ship when Real Madrid, <laughs> when Real Madrid came calling. And everyone was like, oh, look, James Rodriguez under Car- uh, Carlo Ancelotti is going to be, he's going to be the old James and, and Everton are going to seriously, you know, take it to Liverpool. And then, like I said, four games won at the beginning of the season, the top of the table. And then after that, it just goes downhill for the rest of the season. Yeah. And Rafa Benitez is uh, not very favorable. And they, they signed... Uh, Vitali... How they have held his Liverpool history against him more, the Everton fans, I mean. Yeah, I, that, that's a difficult thing, though, because I think modern, yeah, mo- I'm from probably about the 2000s onwards, I'm classing this. Modern managers, they don't have an affiliation like they used to. Yeah, whereas, but still... whereas you wouldn't get Arsene Wenger leaving Arsenal and coaching Spurs. You wouldn't get Fergie leaving United and coaching City. Rafa Benitez has coached Chelsea and now Everton. Yeah, okay, true. So, and, you know, Rafa's come out and said, like, Luca Dean has told me that he wants to leave. They've signed Vitaly Mokalenko. Who? <laughs> exactly, but he's, he's 22, so he's younger. Yeah, okay. He signed him from Dinamo Kiev. Yeah, okay, that explains why no one has a clue where he's from. He's really hot. Apparently, he's really highly rated from people that have seen him play, which I can't class myself as one of those people well yeah but i mean but, so many people said the same thing about douglas costa so this is also true and he was terrible and he came from uh from Donetsk, so yeah I, but then again there's a difference between a left back and a flared winger which is a conversation fair. for another time but fair fair this this could either be fantastic for aston villa because at the moment their left back's matt target who is good, but he's not. I think if Villa have got these aspirations now of being, or at least trying to challenge for Europe. It's a big ask, but and I think I think they're still carried on a little bit by the Gerard hype. Yeah, 
I think only... I think Jared is Jared. Don't get me wrong. Jared is probably a very good manager and is definitely better than Frank Lampard at this point. And he's a proven quantity at this point as well. So I think even mentioning those two in the same sentence, coaching wise, is probably a, a disservice to to what Stephen Jarrett has achieved in the last uh, two years, really. So if we're being honest, I think Villa Villa's aspirations aren't completely unfounded, but we won't see the true colors until Stevie G has had, you know, a full summer break to prepare. Yeah, it's difficult to pick up someone else's team. You know, that's not his... That's not his Villa team. That's Dean Smith's with Coutinho on loan. Yeah. And potentially yeah. Luca Dean, if they can, well, they probably will get it done because he wants out of Everton. And 25 million for a player that wants away. That's a pretty solid piece of business for Everton, at least. Exactly. You know, I think they've come off better than that because, you know, they. Luca <laughs> Dean is an average, average defender at best. Yeah. And it was at that time where. There's a reason Barcelona have let him go. There was a reason that Real Madrid let Hamas Rodriguez leave. It's not because yeah. they're any good. Exactly. But I mean, put it this way for a team like Aston Villa, Dean is probably. He's an upgrade on Matt Target. He's better than what they've already got, which I think in January is what you can probably look for. I think that that's the thing as well. If you look at it, Coutinho's always had these massive moves in January apart from his loan at Bayern, which really did start in, at the beginning of the season. That's right, because he moved to Liverpool from Inter, didn't he, in January? Exactly, and Liverpool to Barca also in January, which also is it baffles me as to why you would move in January anyway, because everyone knows in January you're coming in, in, the mid, you're coming in mid-season into a team that's already formed. You know, you don't do that unless you're desperate as all hell, which I think Coutinho now has been for the past few years. But still, it's it's difficult. And when, there are very few teams who actually go as far as to even make a January transfer happen because it's just, it's so, so hit and miss. And sadly, I think we have to say it's more miss than hit at the end of the day. Well. We'll add it to the list of players who, just because Barcelona and Real want you, doesn't necessarily mean you should go. Do you know what the sad part is? Is that I've actually had, or I don't know if it's sad. I think it's actually crazy. I had that your exact statement running around my head when we were planning the episode yesterday. Just because Real Madrid and Barcelona come calling doesn't mean you should follow. We are one and the same, and it's really scary. Oh, yeah, 100%. Can we talk about Newcastle, please? Oh, and Kieran Trippier not knowing where a freaking badge is on a shirt. Jesus Christ. The man just loves discounted holidays. What can we say? <laughs> My favourite thing is, and I'm, I'm not in the business of, you know, promoting talk sport because by and large it is utter shite. But they had Trevor Sinclair was on with Simon Jordan and Jim White. And he was like, oh, um, Kieran Trippier has moved to Newcastle because he's he's convinced by the project. He's a fan of what's going to happen there. No, he's the only player they'll get. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, it's similar to the manager situation. Not get me the best, get me the best who will join. But he's joined for exactly. the money. 
And Trevor Sinclair sat there and was like, well, if he wants the money, he should just go to China. Simon Jordan was like, hold up, wait a minute. Simon ain't right. China have imposed a salary cap. So he can't go to China and earn hundreds of thousands of pounds because that league is in complete disarray. The champions from last year have just like disbanded and folded. Yeah, because all of a sudden, all the Chinese investors are now saying, you know, well, let's well. just go and buy European teams. Exactly. Ergo, Inter. So he's, he's joined uh, from Atletico Madrid. Where he Diego, wasn't playing anyway. Diego Simeone to Eddie Howe. And his first game for Newcastle in the FA Cup, they lose to Cambridge. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, Kieran Trippier makes so much more sense to be playing under an Eddie Howe for Newcastle than he does playing for Diego Simeone and Atletico Madrid. I'm sorry, but the the level of player and the level of club and level of coach makes so much more sense with Newcastle and Trippier than it does with Trippier and Atletico. Because I'm not going to lie, when Trippier left Spurs for Atletico, I was like, what? He had a good Euros, granted, but still, he's not Atletico Madrid level. He won, he won a La Liga, though. And yeah, he because did, he was he did, part of a good team. Yeah, but he I'm did sorry. play in that team, though. That's that's the point. He was that right back in that team over Vichelno. Yeah, yeah, but still, I'm, I'm. it's not like Kieran Trippier was that much better when he went to Atletico than he was at Spurs. That was down to him switching to a team who actually have the team to, to win a title. You know, yes, he did play. And I'm not going to take away from that. But we're also talking about a an Atletico side that also won the league with Real Madrid and Barcelona showing the the really the softest sides that they have done in maybe the past 50 years. I mean, I can't argue with it. I don't know why I'm defending Kieran Trippier. I was about to say, you probably the English he's literally so bad. You can't even point to to the club crest. Come on. What I want to know is, right, you, you cannot have been that pushed for time that you couldn't have gone, Kieran, can you just move? Yeah. Finger <laughs> That's down? the thing, right? How have, they, how have the club media gone and said, oh, do you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. My, my favorite almost conspiracy theory about this is that uh, he's got really that short the sponsor fingers. paid him to? No, he's got like really short fingers and he's really <laughs> self conscious about them. And he's just gone, could someone from media just sort of make them longer? <laughs> it's like, that's so not the case. <laughs> I no, doubt Kieran Trippier. My conspiracy theory is still that the sponsor paid him to pay to point at the sponsor instead of the club crest. Hey, Kieran. He made like, you know, I don't know, 100K. We'll give you, an, we'll give you an extra trip. week's wages up front if you point to the shirt sleeve sponsor and we'll get all the traffic and kayak trending on Twitter. Exactly. And, and Kieran Trippier right now is just reading everyone's like, oh, he's too stupid to point into Club Crest. And he's saying that, yeah, well, I'm 100,000 pounds richer, so fuck you. <laughs> I'd, point to a, I'd point to a kayak badge instead of the uh, United one if they paid me 100k. 100%. Uh, the other one, interesting for Newcastle, because everyone, when they got taken over, was like, they're going to get Mbappe, Haaland, Ronaldo, Messi, all these players because we can afford... Jesus Christ. It's the biggest pipe dream ever. Dusan Vlahovic from Fiorentina said no. Well, he's going. I mean, have you seen what Arsenal are, pay, are, are offering him? 
It was like 150. 160 after tax per week. 300K before tax. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. 58 million plus Pereira. Yeah, plus Lucas Torreira. But of all the players named for Newcastle, of all the riches that they have, they're spending 20 million Great British pounds on Chris Wood from Burnley. <laughs> Burnley must be thinking oh, they've they've completely lost it in in the upper management. I mean, unless they unless Burnley sign a capable, you know, forward that plays the way they play, i.e., long ball, then basically Newcastle have just spent twenty million pounds to relegate Burnley. And I'm Which okay at the end with of the day, You have to just say start small. <laughs> oh. Cripple your relegation rivals. And I'll be honest, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Hey, if they start small and they say, well, in the first season, we had to just look that we don't get relegated because then, you know, we would have had a salary cap in the uh, in the uh, championship. Then the next season, they look that they get into the midfield of the table and they get away from the relegation battle. Then the next season, they start challenging for the Europa League. And then the next season, they challenge for Champions League. And then the next season, they challenge for the Premier League. Imagine that, Bill. Imagine that. I don't want to imagine that because it makes me want to cry. Uh, so, Chris well, Wood... Honestly, that's what happened to Manchester City, no? Yeah, why do you think I don't want to think about it? <laughs> it's another team from the north of England who are rising up to the top six. So... Currently in the Premier League season, Chris Wood, 17 appearances, three goals. Solid stuff. That Solid. is rele- relegation form from your striker. I was about to say, that is relegation form at its best. Last year, he got 12 in 33, which isn't terrible. It's not a bad It's return. not terrible, but it's, I mean, put it this way. It's going with the times or it's, or it's in fashion with, uh, a team that maybe at best are making the midfield of the table at the end of the season. 12 goals, 33 games. I mean, that'd be great stats for a winger. It's a weird one because I can't see, there's not, I can't see any merit. It's not like they've signed him and they'll go, yeah, his goals will keep us up. What, his three goals? <laughs> because they won't. They, I was talking to someone uh, this morning and we came to the conclusion that they've just accepted they're probably going to go down. And Chris Wood is a very good championship striker. So is Dwight Gale, who you may not know who he is, but for fans of the English game, uh, he's 32, which really took me aback because he looks about nine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, put it this way. If they went in the championship, then you'd have Newcastle playing against possibly Gareth Bale. I did see this. I did see this. He either retires... Or he goes to Swansea or Cardiff. (laughs) Honestly, him at Cardiff, I think the Welsh... You wouldn't be able to quiet Wales down. Wales would just be in... There'd be limbs in the streets. There'd be a statue on every street corner. Oh, yeah. Of Gareth Bell if he moved to to Cardiff. I don't think he'd ever move to Swansea. I think he's he's a, a Cardiff lad. Wow. Is he? Well, I, I, I don't know. To be honest. I don't know, but by by all means, correct me if I'm wrong. I think unless you live in Swansea, I think most other people in Wales are probably Cardiff. 
of the Why are you correct me if I'm wrong, as if I'm the expert on, on Cardiff and Wales? I was, <laughs> I was talking to the listener. Dear listener, correct me if I'm wrong, please. <laughs> right, let's quickly, swiftly dig ourselves out of this hole. And let's talk about the Bundesliga. Harlan's Valley oh. is beautiful oh. beyond compare. World class. Yeah, Gladbach. It's official. Ginter is leaving at the end of the season. Zakaria as well. And they've already signed Friedrich from, or they're, I say they're already signed. They're in talks to sign Marvin Friedrich as a replacement for Matthias Ginter from Union Berlin. Crippling, my boys. Yeah, that's literally that's literally what they're doing. They're, they're basically, Union Berlin is the next team to get picked apart. You know, the, the Leipzig 2.0. Shame. But weren't Bayern interested in Ginter? Yeah, but there is a whole butterfly slash domino effect that needs to come into place here as well because Bayern right now, there is a high possibility that Niklas Süle leaves completely free of charge in this coming summer. I highly doubt he's going to sign a new contract because up until this point, he hasn't. And, you know, there have been so many rumors. And then there came those WhatsApp messages that, you know, came out in court where he said, you know, get, he's told his agent, get me to the Premier League. Um, And then in the Premier League, there's also this big talk that apparently Antonio Rudiger is preferring a move away from England and going to Spain or Germany and that Chelsea might still be in the run to get a new contract for him but at the end of the day he would rather play for Real Madrid or Bayern now Bayern are only going to go in for a Rudiger if they're go- if they know Zul is leaving I don't know in what sense that is already a done thing up in in the for the board of directors at Bayern for all we know, they've already said Zula is done. We're, we're letting him go at the end of the season. Um, and we're focusing our, our sights on, on uh, Antonio Rudiger. Problem is now that some, of, some more news flashes have said Rudiger prefers a move to Real Madrid. Now, if that happens, I think Bayern will be hard put not to sign Ginta because he'll be free of charge at the end of this season. And he's a decent center back. Problem is that I think Ginter, he's not a world, he's by no means a world class center back. He's a very good Bundesliga center back, which. But then ah. again, I've got reservations about Niklas Zula as well. I don't think he's that good. Well, Niklas Zula was, he was on the way to becoming one of the best center backs on this planet up until his ACL tear. And I stand by that. After his ACL tear, he has not been the same. Nowhere near. Like, at this current form, yeah, I agree with you. Niklas Süle isn't that great. So if Bayern got Antonio Rüdiger for Niklas Süle, that'd be an upgrade. By, in every sense, that would be a total upgrade. But then are you not, like, as good as Antonio Rüdiger is, right, he's, he's 28, which isn't old for a center half to be fair but it is older it's old it's on the old side 
I was going to make a point there, but Matthias Gint is 27, so we'll completely throw that out of the way. <laughs> I was going to make because I thought he was like 25 or something. No, he's he looks about 12. This is also true. So, either or, I think probably for the next, uh, probably three years, two, three years until you can sign another one. Yeah. Or that young French lad, whatever his name is, Nanzu, Nanzu. Yeah, but Tango Nyanzu is more. Oh, he he still needs some time. I mean, he's barely. He's not even twenty. You can have Phil Jones. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather keep Nicolas Sude. All oh, right then, Phil Jones is class. He's not. Um, but when was he ever class? He was maybe class what twenty twelve. Yeah, when we signed him from Blackburn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moving up the pitch for Gladbach, Dennis. Zakaria. In all honesty, I think that'll hurt them more in the sense of squad depth than it actually will because he hasn't played that often. Well, he had like 200-odd days out with like a knee injury, didn't he? Exactly. He's been in and out. And the then he had 11. COVID. So he's, not, he's not been as, an integ- as integral of a part of the team as, you know, he maybe was the seasons before that. But even, even that, apparently 6 million euros will be enough to get him away in January. Yeah, that's nothing. That's nothing. Because even because really if, you get, if, if a club gets him for free, then you're going to have to end up paying more in wages. Whereas you, if you pay a transfer fee, then, you know, you can, you can go less on it. He's on like 51 grand a week or something like that. I saw on a transfer market. Well, he's he, put it this way: if it's, it all depends on at this point what the contract's looking like for him, you know, because he's it's it's a it's the deal of you can't get any more money for him, you know. His contract his contract is up in at the end of twenty twenty two. Well, the end of this. So season. at this point, the any club that gets him. Has to, um, has to give him a solid signing bonus. So yeah, if where where the fee, the transfer fee might not be there, but the signing bonus definitely will be. Yeah, you probably have to end up paying as much, if not nearly as much, in a signing on fee. Well, I think signing bonus, they they won't. His agent won't go and say we want a forty, we want a twenty-seven million signing bonus, which is what is. Uh, market value is according to Transfermarkt. Oh no, but, it'll be it'll be like four or five or something like that. Exactly. I mean, Antonio Rudiger wants a twenty million signing bonus. Yeah, but then again, Antonio Rudiger at the moment is play he's playing like a twenty thirty million pound centre half. I mean, I'd argue that he is one of the top three centre backs in the Premier League. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's playing like he warrants that. Yeah. Whereas someone like Zakaria, who's not played a, a terrible amount, I think in total a package of 12 million probably is enough. And he's 25. And yeah, I mean he, he's 25. And you know, don't get me wrong, he's like he he has played, but his his I mean, if you look at what he's done this season, you know, two goals and assists in 15 matches. Yeah, but how yes, many of, how many of those are coming on for the last 10 minutes as a sub? Probably about half. Well. Put it this way, his starting 11 percentage is 78%. Okay, that's higher than I thought it would be. So, yeah, about about 
but that that's oh, what I mean. His form, his form is just not what it used to be. No, like his form in the past two seasons was better than than this one. But then again, no one at Gladbach's really set the world on fire. Okay, you're not wrong. So I think it's probably six of one, half a dozen of the other. He's probably in a bad spot, and the team's not playing well. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a reason people want to jump ship at this point. Yeah, and, you know, one of the clubs that has been thrown around is United because there is no genuine defensive midfielder other than Nemanja Matic, who is, for lack of a better word, useless, decrepit. <laughs> no, he's not, he's not useless. He's just, he, he's got a very quick brain, but very slow feet. Okay, but that that then is just basically useless because then you can't tell he he, he doesn't he's not. And I'm I mean there's that, no point. There's no I mean point if, through... if you can't move as fast as you can think. You know that that's that's if you can think fast, that's great. You know when you're you know an intellectual, but or something I don't know. But you know in the world of sport, if you can't move fast. That's why I'm advocating a move for Dennis Zakaria. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Because then you could play, you wouldn't have to play a pivot of Fred and McTominay to cover the defensive. <laughs> oof, oof. And I saw something, it's like, oh, why would you want to sign him? He's got such an injury-prone record. He genuinely doesn't, other than that knee injury. I think the longest he was out for was like 20 days. Well, we can we can definitely have a look at that. Through the power of the internet. Exactly. Lewis will now tell you, the listener, Dennis Zakaria's injury record. Put it this way. He only missed the first two games of the season because of, uh, you know, a missing or, or not having full fitness. Yeah, that was COVID. Exactly. Well, he had COVID again against Bayern, so... It's a weird one, because if they lose him, probably if you if you spoke to a Gladbach fan, they'd probably say, yeah, well, we'll we, we've survived without him. We will continue to survive without him. Well, yeah, put it this way. He missed 246 days in, this, uh, in the season 2019-2020 because of the knee injury. That was by far his longest... Uh, his, his longest miss, and he missed 21 matches for him in that season. So that's by far his longest injury. But all the other injuries, other than that, you know, knee problems for nine days, uh, COVID for 14 days, and then COVID again, 12 days. So he's not a walking injury list. This isn't an Usman Dembele situation. Oh no no no! If you get if you went, oh, do you know what? Just for just just for shits and giggles. My favourite one, he came back from injury against Barca, played like half an hour as a sub, and then injured himself again. And what was that, like 117 million or something they bought in from Borussia Dortmund? 105. Fucking hell. Well, let's, let's, let's go through this. <laughs> Since he has been... Oh, there, there are two pages on his injury list, by Two the way. pages? <laughs> Oh, my God. Right, let's quickly run through this, and then we can talk with Wolfsburg. But this is incredible. 
All right. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. How many of them are muscle injuries? All right. Uh, hip flexor problems, 10 days injury in 2016-17, but that was when he was still at Dortmund. 17-18, uh, he was at Barcelona. He missed 20 games and 106 days because of a uh, thigh injury. So, yes, muscle. Then he had a uh, ripped uh, ripped muscle in the same season again. <laughs> oh, my God, that was it. He was... He was out injured from the 17th of September, 2017, until the first of the first uh, of January, 2018, and in the 15th of January, 2018, he rips his he rips the thigh muscle again. So he was fit then for 14 had, days. Exactly. Oh my. And then he was out for 26 days again. Then he got fit. Then he stayed fit till the start of 2019, which is solid. And he ends up missing. 18 days for a, uh, where is it? He said he missed 18 days for an ankle injury. Then he has another muscle injury that keeps him out for 26 days. Then another muscle injury that keeps him out for 42. Muscle injury number four or five for 34 days. Mus muscular problems for three days. Then another muscle tear for 66 days. Then another muscle injury for 191 days oh, in 2020. Man. Another muscle injury after that for 22 days. And then a knee injury for 134 days in 21-22. And then he comes back and has another muscle injury, thigh injury again for 18 days. And now he's got COVID. Well, I, I make that 10 muscular injuries, which... Oh, it just hasn't. Again, there's such a good player in there. Well, there was such a good player in there. And we can't even put it down to the fact that he's gone to Barca. That's the problem. That's not the problem. The problem is. He, yeah, you'd, you'd love to use him for your statistic, wouldn't you? I would. Believe me, I would love to feed my obsession even more with Usman Dembele's issues being caused by Barca. Oh, we, we both know. We know this. We know this. But they just aren't, and I can't understand why. What What is he doing? How What? How How are your muscles that weak? I don't know, Lewis. I, I, mean, think, it, I think we should get a uh, physiotherapist on and talk to them about we it. We definitely should. Get a physiotherapist on, see if he can actually say, you know, give some insight, because whoever is, his, whoever is Usman Dembele's physiotherapist obviously isn't doing a good job. If you are a physiotherapist or you know of one, dear listener, get in touch with us at AT Sports News on Instagram and Twitter. We'd love to have you. There you on. go. We'd love to have your opinion on Usman Dembele's. I, I almost said uh, said uh, his his thigh injury record because you know that's basically what it what it is uh, filled with. But you know, shall we finish with Wolfsburg? Yeah, I mean, they're just crap, aren't they? <laughs> Again, after that ridiculous start they had to the season. Uh, I mean, put it this way. The season couldn't go well when you have a Mark van Bommel who makes a sub too many. Like, that was basically... At, at that point, you should have just said, okay, Wolfsburg season's done. It's not going to go well. <laughs> no. Over. Well, their last five games in all competitions... A 3-0 loss to Mainz, 
a 3-1 loss to Lille, a 2-0 loss to Stuttgart, a 3-2 loss to Kern, or Cologne, if you want to get English about this, a 4-0 loss to Bayern, which is just, you know, inevitable. Standard. And uh, they recently lost 1-0 to Bochum, which is never good. Ouch. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, two points above the relegation playoff place. Three points above an automatic relegation place. So, you know, if Armenia, Bielefeld, Augsburg and Stuttgart win a couple games and Wolfsburg continue on this downward trajectory, what did you say the other day? They've gone full Schalke. Yeah, pretty much. Apart from they've not had four managers in a single season. Hey, give them time. I was going to say, let's carry this on. There's only so much Kofeld can... Uh... I was about to say, he's already on the, on, on the hot seat again, so... But where, what's happened? Where have the goals dried? Where have the, where's the goals disappeared to? Vejos doesn't score anymore. Um, you know, you know he had everyone was hyping him up so much. He was, you know, fifteen goals, and it's like, wait, yeah, my, this season he hasn't produced. My favorite one was, well, you know, uh, Riedel Baku. Yeah, every under 21 for Germany, he was a god. And now it's just, he's even made it to the national team, which I think all credit to Hansi Flick, he sees what an individual he is. But even but even with Wolfsburg, he's not unbelievable. No, I mean, Maximilian Philipp, he's been around for as long as I can remember. Jean-Luc yeah. Schmidt, they signed from Benfica. You know, was it Lucas, Lucas Nemecha? That they've got on loan from, I believe, Man City. Well, Mecha is also uh, Lucas Mecha is he's playing for um he he plays for the Germany under twenty ones as well, so he's not exactly bad either. No, he's got six goals in fifteen in fifteen appearances, which isn't bad. No, he's he's a relatively young player still. Well, he's twenty three. Still so relatively young. Yeah, okay. I take I take that back. We put too much pressure on players to break through at 16. That's my fault. Exactly. There we go. So where where's it all gone? Because my favorite, I know I've said that already, but uh because uh, it goes back to my just because they're good on FIFA doesn't mean they're good on real life. Uh Maxence Lacroix, awful center half. And he was so good last season. This I don't know what's happened with Wolfsburg, whether Mark Van Bommel's just sort of completely destroyed them from the inside out. I mean, that's the only explanation I've got because at the end of the day, Kuhlfeld, he was a manager who got relegated with Brim. That was his last job, so I wasn't expecting anything big from him either. Well, yeah, we, said, we, we said this. It's like I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle went down because you give a, the, the man whose last job, Eddie Howe, was being relegated yeah. to Bournemouth. He basically knows how to relegate. That's basically it, as bad as it sounds. It's sad because they used to be so good. Do you remember when they had Diego? Oh, they they were the last team other than Dortmund Dortmund and Bayern Bayern to win the title. 2012? 
Was that under Felix Magat by any chance? I only I only remember it was Edin Dzeko and Graffite up top. Oh yes, I forgot Edin Dzeko. There you go. I believe on that note. <laughs> yeah, on that rather somber, depressing. <laughs> Wolfsburg are going to get relegated. Note. I think that's a good time, good place to end. Definitely. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to AT Sports News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for daily updates on all the transfer news that's going to come around this month. And of course, any other breaking news that we have for you, injury updates and whatnot. Also, make sure to check us out on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify for any of the previous episodes. Um, We know we've been on a bit of a hiatus, but we're back. And on that note, thank you very much for listening. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.